Good morning and welcome to Game Changers Devotional. We're certainly glad to have you on the call this morning with us. I want to remind you that we have all of the devotionals that we've recorded uh, on Spotify. And you can go there and you can listen to a past devotional or if you're just uh, joining us here recently and you want to go back and listen to some of those devotionals, you can do that there. If you want to share one of those devotionals with somebody, you can also do that. Um, and if you want to invite somebody to be on our call, it's easy to do. Just You can forward the call-in number that we have uh, to someone. I say it just about each week, but there are um, people that are uh, on the call that have that saved in their phone as a contact, and they just share that contact with others. So uh, you can do that. Uh, or if you get the reminder text that we send out, you can feel free to uh, forward that on to anybody uh, also. This morning I'll be leading our devotional, and uh, I don't know if you ever say this, but in my lifetime, I've said on many occasions, um, you know, I'm going to do that one day. Now, that really uh, caused me a little bit of problem uh, back when my daughter was in the second grade. My wife had told me that the lift gate on her uh, SUV was uh, it wouldn't stay up. The gas shocks that are on the back uh, had finally just worn out and did not have enough pressure to hold the, the uh, lift gate up. And uh, so I told her, I'll take care of that. I'll do that. Just you know, give me a little time. One day I'll get to it, and I'll get it taken care of. And about two months later, my wife called me, and she was crying, and she said, we're lucky that our daughter doesn't have a broken arm. The lift gate fell on her arm and said it latched, and I was able to get it open. And I thought then, yep, one day should have happened before that happened. And so you can imagine that I had two uh, of those shocks next day to me uh, so that I could get those things put on, and I was fortunate that that didn't cause some real problems for my daughter. Uh, several years ago, uh, I heard a story about Tim Tebow, and if I remember right, he was on an airplane flying to Denver. And while he was on the plane, he noticed there was some commotion going on behind him, and, and he looked, and he couldn't really see anything. He could see some people standing around uh, each other, and uh, so there's still more commotion that went on on the, the airplane, and he turned around, and he, he looked back, and and he finally saw that there was a man laying in the aisle. And the, uh, one of the flight attendants came by and says, is anybody a doctor? And, um, and nobody responded. Is anybody a nurse? And no one responded. And so he sat there, and he said he went back to watching his movie, and he felt that God was prompting him to uh, see if he could pray with the lady back in the back that was crying. And, uh, and apparently it was our loved one that was on the floor the, the, in the aisle of the plane. And so he told uh, one of the flight attendants, he said, look, do you think you could go back there and ask that lady if she would like me to pray with her? And he said the flight attendant basically just ignored him, walked on, kept doing what she was doing. And so he said he put his headphones back on, continued to start watching his movie, and God just kept saying, you know, you need, to, you need to pray for that person. You need to be back there. You need to lift them up in prayer. And so he said another flight attendant came by, and, and he said, ma'am, he said, would you mind going back and asking them if I could come back and pray with them? 
uh, and the flight attendant this time, which was a different flight attendant, rushed back to the back and she uh, talked to the, the lady that was back there that was crying, it was frantic, and all of a sudden the flight attendant turned uh, around and started motioning for Tim Tebow to come back to the back. Well, that story goes on. He prayed with those um, and the lady that was her husband that had uh, had a medical emergency, and uh, he stayed with her until they landed. And the ambulance showed up, uh, and he was thinking that he would probably be through with everything, but they wouldn't let her ride in the ambulance. And she was frantic on, you know, what she should do. So he says, I'll get your luggage. You can get in my SUV uh, that I have. And I assumed that he probably had one waiting for him that uh, – uh, so he could go and do what he had to do, and he ended up taking her to the hospital and sitting with her and praying with her even more, and she asked uh, Tim Tebow to come back to the the uh, um, room that they had her husband in because he had passed away, and, and the doctor was giving her the, the chance to say her goodbyes. But I've often wondered, you know, what if Tim Tebow had not listened to God's prompting? What if he had been sitting there and he had said, you know, one day, you know, I'll do that, but I don't have time right now. But he made a big impact on that lady, I'm sure. Um, you know, it's common for us to feel God nudging us to do something for him or for another person. You know, maybe he's asked you sometimes to pray for someone at the church or maybe you've been in a restaurant and, you know, the cashier is doing a great job and is friendly and maybe you compliment her. Or maybe you stop sometimes to talk to a homeless person and have a conversation with them and treat them, you know, as a human being, not as somebody that's dirty and then you don't want to have anything to do with. But have you found yourself telling God, I'll do it one day? Just think about what kind of difference we can make in our communities, uh, in our workplace, in our churches, if we didn't use the excuse one day. In James 4, uh, 4, 13 through 17, it touches on this a little bit. And um, the uh, I will uh, read through that in, in the verse, and then we'll discuss it a little bit more. Now listen to you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on uh, business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a myth that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in uh, your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's a sin for them. You know, this passage, James is telling the Christians, you know, you you need to be aware of how brief your life really is. Uh, you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And sometimes we act like that we do. We act like that we know everything that's going to happen, uh, when in fact we don't know when our last breath will be. And then James offers in verse 15 uh, an alternative. He said, instead, we should acknowledge that God is the one who holds our future in his hands. And then what really gets me is the, I call it the gut check in verse 17. And when it says, uh, James says to the Christians, he said, if you know what you're supposed to do and you don't do it, it's a sin. And so what's one thing you know that God may be asking you to do? Uh, what could you do this week 
uh, to obey God in that area of your life because you don't know what tomorrow will bring. And if you use that excuse, one day I'll do it, you may have uh, missed an opportunity. A real good friend of mine, uh, his name is Bill, uh, his, God got a hold of his life about 12 years ago, uh, comes from a pretty rough background, has had a lot of things happen over his life. But he is uh, now he is one that's out there, and he shares his faith with, with people. And uh, so he's originally from Michigan, and he decided that he was going to fly back to Michigan, and he was going to uh, spend the week with his best friend going up, growing up, and he wanted to make sure that his friend uh, knew that God had changed his life, and he wanted to share uh, Christ with him. And in the hopes that he would accept Christ and is his, uh, you know, savior. And he said he got there, and he said first night they went out to eat, they had a great time, they talked, they reminisced about uh, old times. He said the next day they went into the city and and did some different things. Uh, and this, the whole week things were going on. They went fishing, and then it came the time for Bill to leave, and he never had shared. Uh, Christ and what Christ had done in his life. And he said that he got on the airplane and he was flying back. He says, man, I just feel miserably at that. I'm coming back up here in, the, in about two months, and when I come up here, I'm going to make sure I share Christ with you know, my friend. Well, two weeks later, his friend died. And I can tell you that that the look that you will see when Bill shares that story, the look in his eyes is one that of uh, just hurt and disappointment you know, in itself because he didn't follow through. And it was almost one of those moments, one day I'll do that. And he didn't do it, and now he'll never have a chance to, you know, to do that again. And he knows from just being a close friend um, to this gentleman that he's not spending the rest of his life in heaven. You, know, you can make the most of today. You can have a control over how you react to situation and, and you know that situations that God places you in each day. Um, so we have to seize those opportunities that God has for us, and we have to you know let Him use us. And you know if we do that, we'll see that that He is allowing us to to touch people in ways and love on others like we never thought before we could do. So this week, I want you to look at doing three things. Number one, I want you to, every morning, I want you to say a prayer and ask God to give you an opportunity to serve others throughout the day. Ask him just to make you aware of the needs around you and give you the desire to meet those needs. And I want you to find somebody that you can serve. Somebody, you may be a coworker, it may be, um, uh, somebody in your church. Uh, it may be somebody that has, has done the pest control at your house for years. But see what you can do to serve that person. And then lastly, I want you to start working on removing the words one day from your vocabulary. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the day that you've given us, dear God. I just pray that you would help us not to uh, treat it uh, like it's invaluable, dear God. We know that every day is valuable that you give us. And I just pray that you would make us aware of the opportunities that are around us, dear God. Uh, help us to, to see those opportunities in a way 
uh, and, and have the Holy Spirit lead us in the, the right way to help someone, dear God. Um, I just pray that you would work with us, and especially me, dear God, to get rid of you know the, the uh, one day mentality. One day I'll do it, dear God, because we not we are not guaranteed of tomorrow. I just pray that you would be with each and every one on this call, dear God. Uh, if they're traveling, keep them safe. If there's some unspoken prayer requests, I'll let those up to you. Uh, if there's any illness with anybody, we lift that up to you also, dear God. I pray these things in your name. Amen.